0: Welcome to Sex, Psychics, and Psychedelics, Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom, and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at the Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. I first heard about Sienna Zelazo at an Iboga initiation ceremony that I was helping out at. I could tell there was something very exciting about her just from the description of this unusual mystic fairy godmother of self-love. Now, actually, Sienna has a very robust background that is both academic and off-grit. She's an athlete, she comes from a family of scientists. She's been a therapist, and now she does what's called intuitive soul readings. We talk about Siana's journey, how to set out on a spiritual path, how to work with our shadows as well as our higher selves, and how to forgive ourselves. I'm so happy to share with you Sienna Zelazzo. Tell me how you understand your your path and Love to hear a bit more about your story of how it kind of came online for you.
1: I had the wonderful opportunity to grow up with a mother who was very psychic. So, Uh, you know, from very early on, normalized the process, you know, and yet I come from a very scientific family. So that was the other piece. So like father and brother are both um, neuroscientists and my mom was a nurse, but so science, but also super psychic. And so it was not, and both, you know, my father being, a he was a cognitive psychologist. And so, you know, he never, he was very supportive of it. So I, I didn't have the experience of it being shut down. It was always really reinforced. So I'm super grateful for that in terms of the, sh- the so it's always been present. Um, but I think, you know, my original desire to go into psychotherapy to begin with, I think was out of like, maybe this unconscious felt sense of, um, will I be called crazy kind of thing, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe I should explain my internal process and yes. then share what came forth. You Perfect. know, the medium that I use or the way in which I connect is, I, I tune into various guides that inform me. Um, when I'm working with a client, I'm tuning into their higher self and, and their own guides. But when I'm working with myself and certainly this team that I connect with, is present when I'm working with others, but really the, the intention when I'm working in service of someone else, it's like for their process. You know? So when I'm connecting with my own guidance, I'm very connected to Green Tara, who's a, a representation of the Divine Feminine. I also work with Thoth, a, an Egyptian master, um, ascended master. Uh, so these are two aspects that I connect with, as well as other uh, beings that inform me but one of the strongest presences that has been with me since very early on has been green Tara. Mm -hmm. So, and then I, um, will the the way I do it is I go into a meditative state. So if I'm doing a reading, people will witness that as me with my eyes closed. So the whole reading is done with my eyes closed when I'm doing it within myself or for myself, it's a very similar process, but it always includes a sort of sort of ritualistic opening, uh, protective. a meditative experience that creates sacred boundaries, but also um, sets sort of is my process of what I would call like a sort of psychic dial up. When I complete it, I always end in a similar way, which is a sort of closing down, and that's again a boundary for me so that I can um, negotiate. You know, being intuitive and sensitive, it's it's just it's a way for me to protect myself out in the world. You know, so that I really am in an expansive state in the work that I'm doing, but then I'm able to put up nice firm boundaries and sort of, it's not that it shuts it down, it just essentially puts like a protective barrier around me so that I'm not super, it's sort of like, you know, doing ayahuasca and then walking out and like (laughs) doing something in the real world. You want to have it nice and contained or or even a, a psychotherapeutic session, really closing it down right before you let the client leave if they've been exploring trauma or whatever. So it follows a similar formula in that way. And I use various things. I use, I use a lot of, I do a lot of work with crystals. I I do a lot of um, work with, you know, like I I literally, even though I do it on Zoom most of the time or phone or whatever, I literally sage or cleanse in between each person. Um,
0: So I mean- Do you always use sage? Sorry to interrupt. Do you always use sage or do you use other herbs?
1: I do use other uh, I, sometimes it's Palo Santo, sometimes it's rose water. It really mm-hmm. depends on mm-hmm. what speaks to me. Yeah. But, but always I have a sort of grid around me of crystals that I work with that are very, uh, alive, that that's energetically speak to me that I have a sort of strong relationship with. So I do do, do those things as well. Um, but, um, did you want to know about the download? <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, yes. So and thank you for, thank you for setting up your process. I think it's it's grounding to have that clarity, to have a bit of sense I mean, of how you does work. Everybody it differently, yeah.
1: right? So I yeah. think that it's, it, I always love learning how other folks do it. Yeah. And I, I find such value in that because there's ways in which, you know, another person's practice may really inform me. And I, so I, I love it. In terms of what I downloaded, so the, the information that came through was really about developing, uh, highlighting what the process of um, a spiritual path looks like sort of beginning to, when you sort of set the intention and you sort of align with the universe and say like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to explore. I'm ready to take this where it's going to lead me. The universe spirit really hears you and begins to do this, um, what I see sort of this purification process or cleansing process within you. And since my background is in psychotherapy from a psychotherapeutic lens, I would look at that as it reveals, it reveals, you, it begins to reveal your shadow aspects. And it's really in service of you. Although in the beginning, it may look a bit challenging, you know, mm. but there's so much beauty about this process because it's all about vibration. You know, even the sexual connection with somebody is about vibrational match, right? And certainly the vibration of plant medicine is, is regarding, you know, it's about vibration and, and the resonance. So this process of connecting with the inner planes or the other realms, it really is because they're in a different dimensional reality and it's a higher vibration. It's really important for our Physical body and our emotional, mental, psychological being to be in a state of purification, and that can look like many, many different um, things. So, so this begins to happen when you align with the universe and you say, "You know, I'm ready." Mm -hmm. Um, So, what this may look like on a physical level is it may begin to, uh, you might begin to be drawn more or less towards a certain substance. You might begin to not be able to drink coffee, or you might all of a sudden drink coffee, or you might not be able to eat gluten, or you might be drawn to organic versus non-organic, whatever. I mean, it really is something that's about your unique vibration. And it doesn't doesn't indicate that those things that we are drawn to are not good. They're just about your match. But this also starts to happen all of the levels. And with respect to the shadow aspects, (laughs) It shows up um, to transform it. And really, you know, underneath, there's a beautiful teacher named Trisha McCannon. She describes this this as sort of power being trapped within the shadow. And that once you uh, reconcile or bring healing to the shadow, you then access that power that was present therein. And it, it begins to be reconnected with yourself. So it's an empowering process and a purification process that happens.
0: I'm just going to just ask for one clarification yeah. because this is completely speaking to me. I, I Shadow is one of my favorite topics, <laughs> <So fun>. constant, <laughs> <So fun. laughs> I mean, fun and nightmarish and amazing you and all that. of the things. But I just want to clarify for the listener who's not familiar with the concept of, of shadow, how do you see that?
1: So it's really the unhealed conditioning um, that we may have received in this life or past life. So mm-hmm. it, they are often shadow aspects of ourselves are, are generally thought of as the things that we don't necessarily like to lead with. We don't necessarily like to show um, mm. those aspects of ourselves. So it might be a jealousy or envy, or it could be very mm. specific. It could be related to, you know, like a easily frustrated, um, anger. I mean, there's an endless right way.
0: Anything that doesn't look like winning.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So oftentimes the, the thing with shadow is we, as you well know, we don't, we don't always know it's there, right? So sometimes it's unconscious. It's mm. not even something that we're aware we're, we're engaging in or caring rather. So, but it will <laughs> come to light when we align with the spiritual path or with the, the desire to move towards uh, higher consciousness, because it's, um, as the term implies, it's, it's sort of a lower density vibration and it's not negative it's just it's also connected to wounding right or conditioning that we've received there's something really wonderful about engaging with it because as you know i was saying in terms of the the power trapped in it is really is is a really extraordinary experience to, to reconnect with that but it also begins to make it easier once we reconcile it or heal it to it's sort of like when you clean, when you have somebody come in and clean your house, like a deep clean, like a cleaning service, they clean everything. It's so much easier to look around your house and just sort of say like, now I can keep it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you do this deep cleanse with the shadow work, you become really aware mm-hmm. of it and you become conscious of what might not have been conscious. And so you become much more highly attuned to the juxtaposition of shadow and light. So when you start uh, to lean towards an old um, tendency, like, I don't know, it could be just something as, you know, something like envy, you know? If mm-hmm. you start to watch that come up in yourself, you know, as you hear somebody say, oh, I just finished my first book, you know? Mm-hmm. And you might be working on one or trying to work on one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you could have this sort of envy coming up in you. And, and if you've really started to work on that, you see the juxtaposition and the felt experience of what it feels like when we have healed it there's such a positive momentum associated with that. Like it feels good <laughs> to feel that, that we tend to kind of just more easily stay in that flow versus like being pulled back into the heavier density aspects of the end or the shadow.
0: I mean, shadow is my biggest teacher and, you know, so I'm, I'm always going through this, always going through it. Like, Oh, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm just starting to think, Oh yeah, no, I'm really raising my vibration and starting to feel pretty awesome. And then it just, there it is again, in my face, suddenly there's, um, there's inferiority. There's a feeling of weakness. There's a feeling of vulnerability. There's a feeling of, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, there's so many different shades of black, you know, and I'm over time beginning to realize, you know, this is, this is like, this is the fucking masterclass. I mean, it's this is it. And I'm just trying to think about how to, to really communicate like that, this idea and how to communicate it to myself and to other people who may be listening. How do we embrace this confrontation with the worst parts of self? Can we at least associate this with bravery? I'm seeing this. I'm letting myself see it.
1: 100%. That's, that's exactly the most, uh, I, in my opinion, the most skillful way to view it is to look at the courage that we possess to be able to kind of commit to this kind of path, right? Because it's not for the faint of heart. The spiritual path, because for these reasons, right? At the same time, if you begin to shift your relationship with it as a master class, it simply becomes just that. So you begin to look at what's the medicine present in it. You know, what it, what is it revealing to me? And as such, to become, you become a little bit. Um, like you disidentify from the experience, and you're simply observing, mm, it, mm. Um, and you are able to stay more in balance as a result. And it doesn't pull you into the drama as easily if you're simply observing it the way you're describing it, like a master class. You also can tap into the notion of like, hmm. Well, if I'm in the midst of a master class, that must imply that I have a level of sophistication. Mm, yay. Level of <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Ding, so ding, ding, so ding, ding. Exactly. <laughs> to tap into that confidence. And yep. when you have that confidence, when you're in touch with the confidence, when you're in touch with the courage, again, it, it pulls you into center. And, and in that, from that place, you're not as bowled over as easily by the shadow. And it starts to become, dare I say, fun to yes. sort of like a hard workout. This is, you know, I'm mm. an athlete. I, I think of like, you know, if, if, I'm, if I have this really hard workout that I'm about to do, I can look at it like, oh, this is going to be hard. Mm, (laughs) But then mm. on the other side, I'm like so psyched that I did it, right? Um, And I feel revved uh, as a result of it. So it's very similar in that way.
0: I like how you're comparing it to physical exercise because I think I think we're much more versed in how physical exercise works. Right? You can get your butt kicked, but then on the other side of it, you have more energy, you have a better body, blah blah blah. And I think in this, there's less there's less education. It's taken me a long time to get even to that thought that when I'm going through a kind of Shadow teaching and I'm in the really shitty bit of it, there's just that little bit of my mind that's going, ooh, what's going to be on the other side of this? And it's more of a question because I actually don't know. And that's kind of what's really cool about it. But I've I've been through it in enough times that I know that there's that moment of transmutation. If you stay with it, that the sparkles start kicking in and there's oh, 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 yeah. Right? The download of light eventually comes. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And for you to be able to so clearly you can decode that. Like you, Jane, have a capacity to decode what's happening. And I think that's such a valuable thing for the earth plane we at the moment.
0: Getting there, getting there, well, not there, getting there.
1: there. <laughs> uh, learning. <laughs> it's such a gift for the for the planet, for humanity right now, because as a collective, you know, there's, there's so much shadow coming up within the collective. So there's a lot of people that would really, I think, benefit from your capacity to track it in the individual and then help them understand what's happening from an empowered perspective, You know, which makes all the difference. Yeah. You know, we tend to think of like, oh, the work, the work, mm-hmm. do the inner work, mm-hmm. and it can feel like, it's a bit of a drag. But if you start to relate to it from the perspective of how it's working for you and you start to engage in the sort of magic aspect of it, because it really is, once you start to Raise your vibration, and I mean this on every level. So of course, there's the shadow piece that that you know, spirit's going to take care of that. It's going to just come in and help clean that away or clear it away, bring it to light. But then there's also the conscious intention to align with higher vibrational activities and um, environments. So that's like you know, like what kind of shows are you watching? You know, like is there like some violent video game going on in the background or something? I mean, like literally everything, right? And and also how we speak to ourselves, right? So mm. the cleaning up that happens within our own process with self. In all three, the sex, psychic, and psychedelics. In my opinion, it's really important to have done our own work, right, beforehand, right, before mm. kind of engaging a meaning. Like if we're going into, if we're looking at sex from the perspective of sacred union, certainly you want to do your own work so that it creates an opportunity for that kind of powerful connection. So we're not projecting in the context of the relationship, but the same thing with, you know, doing work, uh, you know, clairvoyant work when we're offering something in service of another, it's really in service of that person. So we want to make sure that our stuff, our shit isn't coming out. Right. And it's not unconsciously coming out. So this is where the inner work is so important because there's so many gifted, gifted therapists, coaches, um, Mm. psychics mediums, you know, their, their skill is extraordinary, but if they haven't done their own work, it can muddy the water. And it's really powerful. Yeah. It really is an important piece. So, but the same thing, even like if you ha- if you're going into a psychedelic experience, really in a lower vibrational place, like attracts like, right. Or the hermetic law of as above, so below. Mm. So it, it strikes me not at all being someone who is a specialist in any way, shape or form in psychedelics, but it would strike me as important to be a really aligned going into that. Right. So I think that for all three, the piece of doing one's own work is so crucial.
0: You're kind of this access point where you can help people kind of, I was going to say pivot from the lower vibration to the higher vibration, but I don't know if that's quite accurate.
1: I mean, I think what they organically do, I think that folks drawn to the kind of work that I do are already aligned with like an openness. They've already said to spirit, like I'm going in this yeah, direction. Yeah. Uh, they've already begun that. So they're, they're in the same way that I was saying, you are a decoder. I can help them understand what's happening um, from maybe you could consider it like a zoom out lens, you know? The way in which we communicate with ourselves, perceive ourselves, engage with ourselves, I think is crucially important for all three. But it's a way to raise our vibration. So if we're really you know loving and kind outwardly, that's wonderful. Um, But there becomes a lack of congruence if we're loving and kind but not kind to self. If we are you know constantly beating ourselves up in the the mirror or or, um, you know feeling, you know, really reinforcing old belief systems that are not serving us, you know, like I'm not smart enough or I'm not, whatever, I'm Mm -hmm. not enough or whatever. Mm. There's a way in which there becomes a lack of congruence between how we are with the outside world Mm -hmm. and how we are with self. And just that congruence Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. creates a level of lower vibration, right? So when we're in congruence, it's higher vibration.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's, I can really relate to this one on a personal note because i Always been a pleaser and extremely self-critical, so I've done a lot of sequins on the outside, self-recrimination on the inside, and now you know in a balancing process. Maybe not giving quite so much ostensibly, and also trying to be kinder, you know. So on the inside, and I'm I'm mentioning that because I imagine that it's quite common.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I think most folks, oh, that's a,
0: maybe it's the healer archetype. Yes. Maybe it's, you yeah. know,
1: <laughs> that's what I was <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and so here we are.
0: Yeah. So here we are having this conversation.
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes.
1: And, but I think that when we begin to catch ourselves relating to ourselves outside of kindness, Um, we start to train ourselves to raise our vibration. So this is just a personal experience, you know, catch ourselves. Are we, are we going to be self-critical, catch ourselves, transform it in the moment. And all of these things start to raise the vibration. This may sound extreme, but it's really not. Um, if you, if it's really not it, which is the idea of sort of what the words you say, you know, like, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind, right? Yes. Not just to the world, but to yourself, yes. right? So if you start to live in that kind of line, it, it keeps you in high vibration and like attracts like. So circumstances start to sh- come into your reality that mirror that relationship, you know, um, and you, it literally starts to feel like a flow and the subtle realities become easier to tap into everything starts to take on a meaning. Like I I was, I went for a run this morning and I was only in the woods for a little bit, like a super short time. And I saw a beautiful owl who was really close to me. Um, and I was only in there for a second to me, like she had a message for me, you know, like in me, in my, in my reality, like other folks may think, Oh, cool. I saw an owl, which is wonderful too. Mm. But to me, everything that enters my sacred circle is, is symbolic mm. and there's medicine present in it for me. I went to go somewhere and I couldn't start my car for some reason. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it, but I knew I wasn't supposed to go, you know? So it can be a drag. You can look at something and be like, damn it. Like, and get angry. Mm. But I tend to reflect on it. I mean, I can still, being human, realize like this is a drag, but at the same time, totally accept that there is an absolute reason for this. Even if I can't see it,
0: I know mm-hmm. that spirits mm-hmm. connecting with me. Life is the teacher. There's no yes. other teacher. Right. It's direct experience. Yes,
1: yes exactly. Yeah. If you begin to raise your vibration, you start to see that you are being supported and held at every turn. And that starts to feel joyful as opposed to the first initial experience, the shadow work where it's like, oh, this is a drag. You start to feel really supported and it starts to feel like you're engaged in a collaborative experience, mm. which feels... Much more fun. Mm-hmm. So, to me, collaboration is crucial, and I find a lot of joy in that. And you know, the spiritual path can feel quite like a lonely path, yeah, because it's an, it's a direct experience, you know. But it can be done collaboratively, and to have a support system makes it so joyful, you know. Which I think is really important. Support
0: system? Do you you mean with other people who are also yeah. going through similar yeah. things? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So I was thinking about um, what you were saying about how we talk to ourselves and my own journey kind of waking up to this critical and impatient sort of part of me. And then I thought, OK, so who's that critical and patient part talking to? So then, you know, looking through that lens, finding the more like the the small inferior child inside who's kind of having difficulty, having an experience of separation, basically going like, ow, it hurts. I don't want to do it. I don't want to play. I don't want to try. I don't want to expose myself. No, no, no. And then the the critical parts going like, fucking get on with it. Like, you know, time is short. Like, do something. You know, sort of teasing apart these different parts of thinking, OK, so what what's the part internally that is in pain or needs attention? And then how do you talk to that part? And I think what was helpful for me is instead of trying to wrestle the critical voice and turn it into, you know, a cheerleader, because that didn't for me personally, that felt a bit fake. Right. I started trying to do it more on the level of tone. So if like I do with my children. So if they're going like, eh, 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 eh Instead of trying to give them a solution, I'll just be like, ah, uh, uh uh So I'm meeting them on the level of tone, but I'm kind of opening it up a bit. So I'm going like, ah, mm ah, uh uh-uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, like you do with a ch- a newborn or something. Yes.
1: And again, that's the resonance, right? So you mm. the, the authenticity piece is so crucial. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because again, that's about congruence. That's about high vibration. if, if it just feels like you're playing the spiritual path, you know, it doesn't doesn't have the same quality of transformative ability.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like you're just laying mantras over everything.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. But you know, the really powerful thing is the intention. And this has always struck me intention in my opinion is the most powerful aspect of the work that we can do because people can receive things, however, they're going to receive it. But if it was our intention, including to ourselves, right? Like, if it's our intention to transform an old belief system, the intention will persevere and you will find the key, you know? If your intention is truly, like, truly not from a defense mechanism of denial, like, I tried, I tried, it, it just didn't transform, you know, like quasi trying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you genuinely are intentional about this transformation, it will facilitated you know your higher self will communicate to you the key you know how do you mm. meet this part of yourself and it'll come to you you know whether it's mm. tone or whatever it is because it's going to be different for everybody right but I really feel that the language of the higher self and spirit is definitely connected to intention you know mm. because there's many different paths before us as there are different individuals and but if it is the intention to heal deeply, like you're committed to transform, to raise your vibration, to move towards higher consciousness, the path will be shown to you. And I really believe, you know, that, that our, that our destiny, if you will, is, is written by our higher self as a kind of path to guide us back to her, you know? And so it, it's, if you will, it's sort of like, she's got the answers already, you know, mm. and she, wants you. she wants to, it's, it's aligned for it to, to be received. So asking and aligning your intention will facilitate that process.
0: Why is it hard for us to reach our higher selves?
1: Oh, the ego (laughs) (laughs) and the wounding, right? Because Mm. so many of us that are drawn to this kind of path towards the path of whatever you want to call it, the mystic, it's not our first go around. This is who we are, right? And so, you know, we've been here before as such, we possess this knowledge within us. We've already gone this path, you know, on many levels in past life, if you want to conceptualize it from that perspective. We're not drawn to it because it's some amazingly beautiful thing that we're in awe of. It is, but we're drawn to it because of the resonance that it possesses. It's something that exists within us already. That's
0: right. It's, yeah. it's home. It's mm-hmm. home.
1: Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so the, the wounding. Yeah you know, from past life or this life associated with that journey can make it feel hard, right? Because it can stir up felt sense of, or a lack of, a feeling of a lack of safety, trauma, all sorts of stuff from past. So there's that. And then there's the ego, right? There's the, the human part of us that starts to say, am I really, am I really hearing my guides? Like, am I crazy, right? As clinicians here, you know, we can like, give voice to that part of many people contend with that feeling of like, well, if I'm hearing voices, doesn't that make me, you know, have it, doesn't that imply that I'm having a psychotic break? Like, you know, mm. so it's about bringing a sense of safety to that and a normalization of that and an understanding of the, the ideas that we feel empowered by those kinds of things right not disempowered we're not so
0: right. right i guess right i guess that could be the litmus test is yeah. do i feel empowered do i feel set free is there anything else in that download that we need to hear
1: yes so the piece is when you the, like, c- certainly transforming what can feel hard about the cleansing process into something joyful is really crucial because you know calling in joy requires a healing of resentment because resentment is the biggest block to joy. So if you're wanting joy to be present and your process on the spiritual path to be present, always what sort of enters in is this sort of teaching around releasing resentment, or we can call it forgiveness or acceptance, however you want to define it. That piece I feel like is a very important piece. It's It's always ultimately always about forgiving self, right? But this is a crucial piece in terms of the higher vibration. Because Mm. I I conceptualize resentment as like a a log in in the flow of a river. Mm. I also relate to resentment as a power leak, like through the Uh. connective cord energetically, or when I look at it psychically, if I'm looking at somebody who's got resentment over a trauma or an individual or whatever, a situation, energetically, I see them connected to it through a cord and they're leaking power out of it. So it's not in service of us, you know? And when we, when we go into forgiveness, again, it's not about condoning the actions of the trauma or condoning the actions of the person that created, that elicited the trauma or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. It's about about restoring our power and healing ourselves, shoring up that leak, you know? So it's, it's really a service that we do to our, for ourselves, you know, but there is also something really liberating about being able to forgive. So certainly the notion of like, when, when we forgive, (laughs) we're more easily forgiven right like like attracts like so what we put forth is what comes forward and and you know we're human right and we're you know we can be aligned with the spiritual path and really set positive intention to stay really congruent and whatever but we're in the human form and we contend with with the the limitations therein um so we can get you know pulled off center we can get angry at something or whatever judgmental something that that doesn't align with how we really are And how do we like forgive ourselves, you know, but if we train in forgiveness, we are more able to to do that. So that's an aspect of not only bringing in joy because it transmutes resentment, but it also allows for us to reside in this experience of adapting to what comes at us, you know, and not being, not being, not like... Beating ourselves up and being caught in like I was I acted so human there you know uh, and I had to stop at something or you know I what or whatever you know I noticed this is really important as a mom you know being a mom that how important it is not not just for our own experience but to teach our children you know how to forgive ourselves like if we embody that they learn how to do so and then they start to create a reality where they're so if they're forgiving. They're more easily forgiven, right? So it's like a way in which to create a a beautiful grid around them, even Mm. of everything we're doing as a mother starts to be witnessed by them. And as you know, as a mom and as a clinician, you know, it's the witnessing that we really learn something, the intellectual teaching, Mm. intellectual teaching, Mm. and it's great, but it's not nearly as powerful as what we witness. Because we could say, oh, dear daughter, don't diet. No, you don't need to diet, but if we're obsessing, you know, like
0: they get the message, right? Absolutely. I'm thinking about (laughs) something that happened with me and my daughters recently, and I always preached, you know, um, not being a perfectionist, and just like you're saying, you know, forgiving yourself and all of that crap. And when COVID hit, and I was forced into a more uh, confined relationship with my kids, and I didn't have the normal resources that I had, everything changed, and I'd been I realized I'd been keeping up a bit of a kind of more of a Mary Poppins illusion before that happened. And then suddenly I was just, I felt like I was pushed into a corner with myself and I kind of cracked. And there was this one specific moment where it happened where I was cracked. Where I cracked and I said to my girls, Oh my God, I'm so fucking crap at this. I have no idea what I'm doing. And there was this moment where I thought, oh, my God, I just existentially failed. You know, everything's <laughs> fallen apart. My the whole illusion is screwed. Oh. And there was kind of like this gap. And and they said, Mom, you're not supposed to be perfect. Oh. It's OK. And it was a really big turning point because I had to sort of feel my way out of the shit show or through the shit show, because it's still continuing. But, you know, suddenly it was all just that much more genuine. And I felt like we were just more in it together. There was more um, humility. And and thankfully, they gave me that little prompt to start forgiving myself for being a human and actually start practicing what I preach, which is that we should all be humans, you know, but uh, easier said than done.
1: I love that story so much because what it shows is that you have embodied that practice so much that they have witnessed it, that they could mirror it back to you and say, mom, you're not supposed to be perfect. Meaning you have nailed just what you've been trying to nail.
0: Or that to- they're just much more advanced than me. And yeah. I'm lucky,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I think is also think true. Your teaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: fine, fine. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> but it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's yeah. an of how they shift, we shift roles with our kids to yeah. teachers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we we find that vibration somewhere on the map and then we just keep kind of handing it back to each other. It's like you find those songs that lift you up and you keep playing them and you keep sharing them with your friends. And I feel like, you know, I want to take this moment to really say how grateful I am for you. And we've had two readings in the past over, I don't know, maybe two years. And what I felt I've received, I mean, they both felt like blessings, to be honest. I feel like you've been, back kind of to tone, I feel like there's been this sort of tonal demonstration of what self-love looks and feels like. So I can't really remember your words, although I know there were beautiful images that came through. But what I remember is this beautiful sort of, you know, feeling of being kind of enveloped in this tonal sense of love and acceptance. and that has become a place on the map. I mean, it's definitely, it's still like very godmother territory. It's not quite everyday territory, but it's there. It's there. And I think that, I hope that that can be, you know, available to all of us, this sort of this, this access to extreme sort of gentleness and, and forgiveness and kindness and also delight. I mean, some of me wanted to say when I hear your kind words and your beautiful visions, well, you know, but it's not really that good and it can't be that good. But I don't think that's the point. I think it's not existentially, can it be that good all the time? It's, can I find that vibration? Can I make my way back to that vibration? And can I, can I, um, can I grow it? Can I get my hands on it? And can I grow it? And I just wonder if you have any sort of further, further counsel on that.
1: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's the thing, you know, as a clinician in terms of shifting a habit, it's very similar because, but with this, it's such a, there's such a positive feedback loop because it feels good to be kind to the self. It feels good to be loving to the self. And the more that you do it, that neural groove in your brain gets deeper and it's just easier to go there, like a new habit when you create that new habit, it becomes hard. Like a smoker who hasn't smoked for 20 years, it's really hard to get that person to smoke again, you know, because to them now it smells gross and all this stuff. Right. And they have this neural pathway that they do something different now when they're stressed, you know, or whatever the case may be. So it's, it's a lot like that. It's the, the initial training, if you will, mm. towards that orientation Maybe you might consider that as a little bit of front-loading work. And then it just becomes much easier. And and also the idea that with all three of these things, you know, sex, psychedelics, and psychics, it is so important that you being the instrument through which you're interacting with these three things, you know, if your instrument is vibrating at the highest frequency, then, then what comes off of that instrument is highest frequency. So if it's if it's unconditional love of the self, those are the notes being played off of you. And that changes everything around you. It, a positive, So it becomes easier to hang in that space.
0: You know? yeah. 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 And I think that's so, so right. And it was making me think about my own uh, psychedelic journeys and how much they've changed. I mean, shadows still come up and I guess I embrace them quicker because I know that they're there to teach me, but I didn't. Uh, if you had told me when I started taking psychedelics, whenever it was, I think it was probably sort of, you know, the the more serious ones about seven years ago. If you told me that I was going to have really beautiful, ecstatic, happy, light journeys, I wouldn't have believed you. I was just like, that's not how this medicine works. And it just basically rubs your face in the shit until you grow. And, <laughs> and you know, that that was my experience. And you know, the ones that I've had in the last couple of years have just been absolutely delightful, like these unexpected kind of, I don't know what, just like, you know, cosmic playground kind of stuff, like really, really fun and delightful. And yeah, just unexpected. And and it doesn't feel so necessary now because I feel like, okay, great. I've been shown that and I don't need to like Keep doing that, even though it's really nice. <laughs> but you know, oh, now I've so got to do something cool. about it. Now I've got to share this good shit, you know. Right. know. But that's
1: yeah. such a perfect mirror to have that feedback from the experiences where it felt like a cosmic playground. Mm. Because it shows you the transformation very concretely, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's where you tap into like you know, we were talking about earlier, like uh, at least we can think of ourselves as being brave for engaging in shadow work. But this is sort of like looking at yourself as a badass where you look at yourself having gone through that and gone through the transformation. Like this is the time where you you seize the opportunity to see what a badass you are, that you did that work, that you stay committed and that you have transformed. Because if we don't take those, it's sort of like You know, it's it's fine, and it's not an ego thing. It's not an ego attachment. It's a, it's seeing oneself clearly. When we see these um, accomplishments, they yeah easier for us to see ourselves more clearly.
0: I think that you're right. My ex husband used to say, you know, you got to take a win sometimes, Um, and I I like that expression. And I think it, it, it applies to both ends of the spectrum. I think that I have spent some time trying to sort of bargain with wins and losses. And I think that wins and losses are part of life. And if we can embrace both fully, that that's pretty good medicine. But it's challenging on both ends of the spectrum.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Totally. It seems like you're you're fielding possibilities for people and planting seeds in their imagination. Can you tell me anything about that?
1: I'm so psyched that you brought it to that because that is so powerful. When you're in the quantum field, the, the, you, can, you can imagine that you're connecting with your guides, your totem animals. You can imagine you're connecting with your deceased family member or whatnot. And it allows you, like I said, to turn off the analytical mind and begin to develop the ability to do that with greater ease. And you start to see that that reality is the same approach to using imagination. So people consider dreaming into, you know, and I think this is, I'm not super familiar with, with all aspects of the sort of psychedelic process, but the idea of dreaming into being. Yes. Yes. Using the imagination, right. And bringing it in and, and making it, allowing it space to become real, right. To become manifest. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And funnily enough, I was also thinking about female sexuality in this. There's a beautiful educator called Emily Nagowski. I hope I can interview her. Um, And she talks about the complexity, the sort of scientific complexity of female turn on, because it's not just an on off switch. It's actually like a whole switchboard of switches. And it's not only turning on the ons, but it's turning off the off switches. So you've got to negate the things that actively turn you off as well as fueling the things that actively turn you on. And I was thinking, you know, maybe it's like that also in the sort of the, the healing process or accessing the quantum field is not only are you activating the imagination, but you also need to turn off those breaks that are always in place or typically in place in terms of the way we've been educated in the analytical mind.
1: Totally totally oh i hope you get to interview her
0: because the- <laughs> yeah she's she's wonderful wow. actually she's her book's called come as you are and wow. it's a really beautiful oh, book it. because I it's <laughs> yeah a great title and and you know wow. proper science really grounded woman so it's it's a really lovely lovely education oh so good thank, <laughs> you. <laughs> so thank many, you so much, so much good I stuff
1: did. i'm so grateful
0: seems like sienna has channeled hopefulness into an art form and somehow enabled us to be able to feel this particular quality through her it made me think of the emily dickinson quote about hope hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all join me for the next one